Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You may be seated in God's house. I'd like to speak for a few moments using as a subject the God of the lost. The God of the lost. What concerns me is that There is a percentage of us as believers, as Christians, that we're not in tune with what all the Bible says about the Great Commission. And I'm talking today because it's Mission Sunday, the Great Commission. And because maybe we are not so in tune with the Great Commission, it could be that maybe we don't believe all that the Word of God says. I don't know if you knew it or not, but the next 365 days, if we were to start today, more than 2.4 million people just in the United States will die. And the majority of them will die without Jesus Christ. Not only that, it could be that some of those that die in the next year could be close family and loved ones. And intertwined in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's a chapter that is known as the chapter of the lost. It's known as the chapter of the lost, and I'm referring to Luke chapter 15. I like to call it the God of the lost. We were lost, and there's a God that is, that is so focused and so interested in what is lost. I don't know if you've ever lost anything, but you've looked for it, intense with urgency. My wife saved and bought me a pen. At one time, I was into watches, and then, you know, you get into those fads, and then I was into pens, and, you know, and I'd save for things, and no, I don't want to buy anything. I'm saving this money to buy this pen. My wife bought me a Mont Blanc pen. I put it in uh, one of my suits. Uh, anyway, I would always use it only for important events, uh, weddings to use it to sign, or <clears throat> whenever I had business thing, I'd use that one. Well, I lost it. I didn't know where I put it. And so my wife was kind of, wow, why is he... Or, Why is he straightening out his closet, the suits? I wasn't straightening nothing out. I was trying to check in every suit pocket to see if there was a pen in there, you know. Uh, even in the garage, you know, what, wow, he's cleaning the garage. I wasn't cleaning the garage. I'm trying to find out where that pen is. Oh, man, I've never seen him clean the car so good. I wasn't cleaning the car. I was thinking maybe that pen fell underneath, you know, the seat or something. Finally, I had to fess up. Told the man I lost the pen. And, uh, but in that short season that I'm looking here and there for that pen, 
all my backpacks. I love backpacks and travel bags. And so I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, if you would look for me the way you're looking for that pen, your life would be different. And as I go back to that, I say, if we were to look for a lost person, as much as we would look for, where did I leave that purse? I knew I had that purse. Where did I find, where did I leave that pen? Where did I leave? Maybe the world would be also in a better position, in a better place. Chapter 15 of Luke, like I said, I like to call it the God of the lost. Because being lost has nothing to do with distance. Being lost has to do with relationship. Because you could be in the front pew here and still be lost, not know Christ as your Savior. But it has to be a relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that relationship will take you from lost to being found. That's what this chapter 15 of Luke is all about. It's about a God that is looking for the lost. We read it in our scripture that the Son of Man came to seek and to find and to save that which was lost. We were all lost. And maybe that we are here, some of us, still lost. Like I said, because lost has nothing, being lost has nothing to do with distance. I know women, especially when you're lost, guys, in the car, you're lost, aren't you? No, I'm not lost. Well, why aren't we there yet? Let me tell you, women, why we don't stop like you ask us. To ask for directions. Because when we stop, we feel like we're not going nowhere. At least even though we're driving all the place and we're still lost, at least we feel like we're going somewhere. Hello? Just got to get that in. That's just us guys, okay? But chapter 15 talks about three things there that, that are lost. Chapter 15 of Luke talks about the lost sheep. It talks about a lost coin, and it talks about, we understand it as the prodigal sons, but both sons were lost. Because again, being lost has nothing to do with distance. It has to do with relationship. The relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The interesting thing that in chapter 15 of Luke, these lost items that God uses to show his love and the importance of finding what is lost is that he uses common elements to find these objects. Number one, he uses a shepherd that was common in the Bible times. Everybody, if not all, were shepherds unless you were <clears throat> high class and you had your business or tax collector. But most people were shepherds of something, sheep, goats. But he uses a shepherd to find the lost sheep. Then he uses a woman to find the lost coin. And then he uses a father to receive and to basically find his lost sons. The interesting thing about this chapter 15 of Luke, the chapter of the lost, and that I like to call it the God of the lost, is that the sheep and the coin. They're found or they're looked for with determination, <clears throat> with diligence, and with great urgency. The lost sheep 
and the lost coin, we'll get to it in a minute, are both looked for and sought after with great determination. Like when I was looking for that pen. Not only that, with, <clears throat> with diligence. I looked at every pocket that there was in my suit. I looked at every pocket in the pants. I looked at every crease that you could have inside the car. And it was with great urgency because I thought my wife would never speak to me for the rest of my life. And so when I finally fessed up, uh, she says, no problem. You save your money now and you buy the pen. <laughs> and I did. I had to, thank you. I had to save my money and ended up finding, I mean, buying that pen again. And so, again, do you look for something? How do you look for it? Do you look for it with determination? You're determined to find it. Determined to find it. I am determined to find it. Do you look at or look for that with diligence? What I mean diligence is that do you move, like you say, do you overturn every stone to see if it's there? Or you just, no, I, I isn't, it, isn't it interesting? Women, you know this because you'll say, hey, honey, babe, can you go get whatever, whatever, whatever? It's right there. And we'll go down. And we'll look. What are you talking about? I'm letting you women know things that we say when you're not there. She doesn't know. My grandmother started like that, saying things, and there's not even nothing there. You know? And then all of a sudden you say, it's not here. I don't know where you put it. I can't find it. And what do they do? They come downstairs or wherever they come, right to the place, and they find it. You're like... I didn't see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> right? Uh, and so, how do you look for something? How important is that? This chapter of Luke 15 lets us know how important Jesus thinks you and I are. Because like I said, the coin and the sheep, the Bible says <clears throat> that they were looked for and were found with when there was determination and diligence and great urgency. But the other two sons, they had a choice and an opportunity to return back to the father. And when they took that choice and made that choice and made that decision, the father received them again, not as, as servants or slaves, but received them back as sons. And it's interesting that intertwined in this chapter of, of, uh, of Luke chapter 15 that we find the heart of God. Listen to me, please. He has a heart for the lost world and also for those who have known God and have left God for whatever reason and wants to bring them back into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not only that which was lost. But also those that at one time, the prodigals that were there, left because of their own decision. But God's heart and God's love is still strong for them. That whether you knew him, he's after you. Whether you didn't know him, he's after you. He's a God that values your life. And this whole chapter 15 shows us the value that you have before God's eyes. And if he has value before God's eyes... It should have value to you as well. I'm concerned that the church in general has lost its original mandate, which is to evangelize the world that's called missions. 
we all are called to do missions. And it's not necessarily to go to the other side of the world. It's not necessarily to go to another country. It's basically just going maybe two doors down from where you sleep and talk to some loved one that you have there and let them know the love of Jesus and how important it is. The Bible says, I'm in Luke now, chapter 15, verse 3 to 7, and it says, Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. He says, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? To them it was like, uh, why? I got 99. Why would I go out of my way? Why would I go and put my life in danger with, with bears and lions and tigers? Oh my, uh, why would I go and put my life in danger? I've got 99 that I can still live with. Hello? Jesus is asking a question. Wouldn't, wouldn't you leave uh, your, your 99 and, and go look for that one that is lost? He says, until you find it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, listen, I tell you that in the same way, Jesus always used parables to bring a spiritual truth using natural things that were there. And so he says, I tell you, in the same way that you would find that lost sheep, and put it on your shoulders and bring it back with rejoicing and saying, hey, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. He says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven. Listen, over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Same rejoicing that you would have for a sheep he says there's going to be more rejoicing in heaven over one person that repents. And then it says, then 99 righteous that don't need to repent. Why? Because if we're those 99 righteous, we've already had our celebration when we came to Jesus Christ. So he's saying, I'm looking for one. And that's what concerns me, that, that he makes this big issue of you have 99 sheep still, but... You leave them to find that one. And that should trouble our spirit. And that should concern us. The value that God has over one soul. Now, the sheep is interesting because the sheep, I don't have that much time. The sheep gets lost because of its nature. A sheep is, is defenseless. A sheep is really dumb. You can show them the way to the gate. Tomorrow they have no idea how to get out. They're, they're, they're dumb animals, and they're defenseless. And an animal, a dog, can do anything he would want with the sheep because the sheep is defenseless. The sheep is represented also a symbol of us because we get lost because of our nature. Our sinful nature 
gets us lost. And sin can do whatever it wants with us as long as we are in the grip and we're defenseless and we're defenseless against sin. That's when Jesus shows up. That's when Jesus comes into the scene. And when Jesus comes into the scene, we then have an opportunity to escape the grips of the enemy and be able to live our life and live the destiny that God has for us. A sheep dies because of ignorance. But listen to this. Ignorance does not exempt you from the results of sin. Ignorance does not exempt you from the results of sin. The best way I could paint it is you have a two, three little boy that, that lives with you. He's your son or your grandson. And you have in your bathroom closet or, or underneath there, the sink, you have what is called Drano. This little boy doesn't know how to read. This little boy doesn't know what that's about. He thinks it's a big jug of red Kool-Aid and he begins to drink it. The fact that he did not know that it was Drano does not exempt him of the consequences that if you don't take him to the hospital and pump him out he dies hello somebody and the reason men and women die in their ignorance a lot of it is because they don't understand that there was a man named Jesus Christ that came to the earth and gave his life so that we didn't have to be stuck and we didn't have to be gripped and we didn't have to be victims of that sin of that alcohol of that drug or whatever it is and men and women die every day not knowing Ignorant of the love of Jesus Christ that Jesus has the power to set them free. So when you come to Luke chapter 15, the very first thing or, uh, that God uses or Jesus uses is the sheep. And wants to relate it to man and says just as, as this man or this sheep dies because of ignorance. It doesn't know. It, its nature does not the same way we have a sinful nature. But just as the shepherd came and left the 99 to seek him out. The message here is that's how valuable you were. That God left heaven. His son left heaven and left his glory and majesty and clothed himself with skin like you and I to to come save you and to come and to redeem you and to come and buy you again and deliver you from the snares of the enemy to give you a new life. That's the whole story there. Jesus comes and saves the day. Jesus came and saved you. Second parable as you keep reading in Luke. It's a parable of the coin. Here's a woman who has ten coins. She has 10 coins and loses one. You can read it there, chapter Luke, chapter 15 of Luke. And in verse 8 through 10, it says that she has 10 coins, 10 silver coins, and she loses one. Now, I know that doesn't mean much to you. You have 10 pennies. You lose one. Nah. And sometimes that's our attitude. Eh. The sheep was lost because of ignorance. The coin here is different. Because the woman had the coins in her hands. Whether she threw them on the dresser or wherever, one of them rolled off and fell. Normally it was like, ah, what's a penny? 
The sheep was lost because of ignorance. The coin was lost because of negligence. I lost my pen because of negligence. I didn't know where I put it. I might have put it somewhere with all the other pens that were there that probably my wife threw away because if you go to our house, she could supply half of the independent school district with pens and pencils. I can say, and I can say that because she's not here, although she'll, she always watches the, <laughs> the program later. But while the sheep loses itself because of its nature and because of ignorance, nature, sinful nature, man dies, loses, is lost because of his sinful nature and because he's ignorant that there is a way out. His name is Jesus. The coin is lost by negligence. She has it. They're in her hand. They're in her possession. Something happened that she loses one. And normally we would have said, what's one? I got 99. What's one? I still got other nine coins. But the Bible once again says that she searches for this coin. Determined to find it. Diligently, she turns and moves. Even if you read the story, it even says that she turned on the light. I've got to see. I've lost or missed any corner of the house. And she looks for it with great urgency. It's valuable. And my question is, how valuable do we see the person next to us How valuable do we see the person in front of us? How valuable do we see the individual behind us? But more than that, how valuable do we see the person that isn't here that should be here? How valuable do we see the person that was here last week, that was here last month, that was here two months ago, but they're not here today? How valuable do we see them? Because to a certain degree, if they came to Vida City Church, then we had them. But they didn't come back. Why? There's no determination to find out why. There's no urgency to find out why they didn't come today. And probably next month will come. And probably the next come of, and we'll probably be here to celebrate the end of the, this year and go into a new year. And there was no urgency, no determination. There was nothing, no diligence. We didn't look. We didn't call. We didn't text. We didn't Facebook. We didn't messenger. And this whole story is about that. The first two. That they looked for it. I know we have people here at Vida City Church. I know we have the morning service and they showed up. I know that we had a Vida City Church in Spanish and they showed up. I know, but there's one missing. And do we have the determination? Do we have the diligence? Do we have the urgency to say, why didn't he or she come? Do we, are we moved with that compassion to say, Pastor, can I go to the office and ask the secretary, Secretary, can you give me a list of the people that come to this church? Because I I didn't see so-and-so, and I, and I maybe on my Saturday I can use my finger just maybe five minutes of that Saturday to text somebody, to call somebody, or message somebody, Facebook somebody, and tell them we missed you, hope to see you tomorrow because today's Saturday and tomorrow is Sunday. Hello? We had them. 
This is different from the sheep that went astray and, and, and because of negligence and ignorance. No, this one is because of negligence. This is because we've had them here. This is because they came to the altar and they gave their lives to Jesus. This is because they've come once, twice. This is because they started going to the grow class, and, and, but we've not seen them anymore. They're lost because of our negligence. Our job is to look for them as we see in the example here with determination. I'm determined to find out why they're not coming here. Why they didn't show up. I'm determined. Not only that, I'm going to do this with such a, a, a diligence. I'm going to make sure that I covered everything I can. Facebook, Instagram. I'm going to look them up. You'll find them. I'm, I guarantee you. Just go to Facebook. You'll find them. I'm going to look for them with such an urgency. Because the end of the story also says this. It says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. Let, let me read it from verse 8. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one of them. Doesn't she light up a lamp? Sweep the house. Search carefully until. I think that's the word that maybe we're missing. The until I find it. Until I've exhausted all my options. Hello? Until there's no more place to look for until there are no more numbers to dial. Maybe that's what we're missing. Until I get an answer. Until at least I know you're going to another church. Or at least I, you move to another state. Until I have an answer and know where they are. And if they're not in a church, it should be my, our responsibility via the city to bring them back. Until, it says, until she finds it. And when she finds it, I love that. That there's an until and there's a when in these stories. Are you listening? That when you look for them with determination, when you look for them with diligence, when you look for them with urgency, there is an until. I'm not giving up. And God will look at you not giving up. And then when I find it, there is a when to find that individual. A when to seek out that individual. A when to talk to that individual. A when to text. You will find if you seek. And when you find it. And when she finds it, it says, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. Again, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who reprints. The value of one. Say with me, the value of one. Who's that one that's valuable to you? Who's that one person that would cause you with urgency and determination and cause you to do whatever you have to do? Diligence. The value of one. God would send his son to seek and to find that which is lost. He's the God of the lost. He found you. He found me because we were lost. Let me close with the third parable. The third parable is the parable of the lost sons. Chapter 15 of Luke, verse 11 through 13. Many of you know this story, and I'm not going to read it all because of time. But there's some things I need for you to understand in this parable. That there are two sons that are lost. Remember, being lost has nothing to do with distance. It has to do with relationship. The younger son has a relationship with the father. Such a relationship that the only time you would give them the inheritance is when the father would die. But there's such a closeness that he has 
the desire and he has the, the uh, confidence and the trust to say, hey, dad, man, you know what? You don't have to die. Just, just give me my portion now. I mean, that's relationship. There's some of you that I could go up to and I could say, hey, man, I, I need you to spot me. I need at least 200 bucks. And there's some of you that would say, hey, man, can you, can you just lend me $1.50 to buy the drink over here and I'll pay you later? Hello? You can tell the trust and the confidence that you may have with somebody. Hello? And all that trust is based on relationship. The stronger my relationship with you, the more I feel that I can trust you, that I can ask you, that there's more confidence. There are some of you that have gone to your house and I don't ask you for something to drink or wait till you ask me for something to drink. I just go in the house, go into the refrigerator say, hey, do you have something to drink? Because I'm thirsty. Hello. And there's others that there isn't that relationship that you'll go and you just have to kind of like sit down and you're waiting. How long is it going to take them for them to ask me if I'm thirsty, if I want something to drink? Hello? Been there? Huh? Because there isn't that relationship. The young son has a relationship. That's why he can say, Daddy, you don't have to die, but give me my money. And the father says, okay, fine, I give it to you. You know the story, the prodigal son. The dude goes and messes up his life and spends all his money. And when he has no money, he has no friends. And now he, I mean, think about it. Guys having to eat pig food, go hire himself out. What happened to his friends? Hey, come and stay a while. The sheep gets lost because of its ignorance and its nature. The coin got lost because of negligence. These guys get lost because of choice. The young guy had been in the house. The young guy had everything that he needed. The young guy didn't need or had lack of nothing. He knew what it was to be there, but he chose to come out of that and go and want to live his own life. Just like people that should have been here today and should have been here last Sunday, should have been here last month, should have been here six months ago, and are no longer here. They chose to, let me just go and try this, and they knew what it was of the love of God. They knew what it is to be inside a family that loves Jesus and loves them. They knew what it is to know that God loves and forgives. They knew that, but they chose to leave that to try something different, and now they find themselves in a hog pen, and they can't come out. But see, they know enough that they can come out. Because the Bible says that when this guy's in the hog pen, it says he came back to his senses. He came back to his senses and he began to think, how many people are in my father's house? How many people are eating over there? How many people are still there? And they're slaves and they're, and they're servants and they're being blessed. And here I am in this hog pen dying. It came to the point, again, choice. It came to the point that he says the same choice that I made to leave my house and leave my blessing and leave everything. I have that same choice to pick my dirty self up and say I'm going back to my father. I'm going back to God. I'm going back to Jesus because he can save me and he can restore me. That's the picture of the prodigal young son. He says get up and he gets up and he is so messed up. 
Let me tell you how messed up that he's willing to go back home and be a servant and be a slave than to be a son. Because when you read it, he says, when I get up and I see my daddy, I'm going to tell him, Father, I'm not worthy to be your son. But make me, anyway, at least like one of your servants. Are you listening? That's how bad his life was that he was saying, I'd rather be a slave at home than where I am right now. And if I'm not a son, being a slave is a lot better. I like the way the father comes and interrupts him because when he does get there, he's about to say, Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the father like puts his hand over his mouth and he interrupts that. And he says, hey, bring the fat calf and bring the clothes that I, clothes I have. Bring him the shoes and bring him the ring that I have for him. Because God never wants to see you anything less than his son and his daughter. And he, even though the enemy has dragged you through all the mess that you feel like, I'm not worthy. Because that's what he said. I'm not worthy. I know none of us were worthy. But his blood and his life made us worthy to be sons and children of God. And so you ought to thank God that he's a God. That because even of our bad choices, he will accept our choice to come back repentant and say, here I am. Now let's talk a little bit about the older son and, and I'm done. Give me five minutes. The older son is inside. Remember what I said? Being lost has nothing to do with distance but with relationship. And he don't have a relationship with his daddy like the young guy did. Why? Because he says, oh, when his son comes back, his brother comes back. He says, what? You're making a feast for him? killed the fattest cow I have been slaving the word there servant says I have been slaving for you all these years oh why you're my son because there's no relationship and I feel that I have to earn my and with God you don't earn your salvation he gives it to you the only thing you got to do is keep it you Give him that feast. I have been slaving for you all these years. Listen to what he says. And you can't even give me a goat. You're my son. Read the story. You want a goat? You're my son. Listen to what his father tells the older son. You're my son. You live here with me. He says, everything I have is yours. And the only reason you can't get really everything is because there's no relationship. That's why you can't, the younger guy had a relationship. Give me all, that's mine. The older brother is saying, um, can, can I at least have a goat? The father is saying, everything I have is yours. He says, yet yeah, you give this guy all his money and he squanders it off with prostitutes? You can't even give me a goat? Well, I have issues with that because in the Bible, goat always is in the left. The sheep are in the right. Hello. So he's there, but there's no relationship. And you can be in church in the front pew and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can come out of ritual. You could come out of just because, oh, it's Sunday and I got to go to church on Sunday. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there is no relationship with Jesus Christ. Sunday, there isn't a relationship with Jesus Christ. You just came to church. And God is saying, my goodness. You can have everything. My son, I created you. I gave my life for you. 
The reason we can't ask God is because we feel we have to buy our way and earn our way, and you're never going to do that. It's not by deeds, the Bible says. It's by grace that we're saved. And so, therefore, we come to church as a ritual, and we're wondering, why doesn't God bless me? Why doesn't God answer my, my need? Why doesn't God do this? Why can't God? Because you're not in a relationship with God. You sit in the second row, third, fourth, fifth row. You're close, but you're far away, and you're lost because there's no relationship with God. And this whole story is nothing more than God saying, you you are so valuable that you can either be lost uh, by, by your nature and I'll look for you and find you because even if it's just one, it's worth it. You may be the coin and you came to church and if you're watching right now through Facebook Live, you might have been in our church and now you've found yourself in the sofa. You found yourself a little bit cold. You know what? God allowed you to connect today to let you know he still loves you. We're looking for you. We're going to find you and you'll be back in the arms of God before you know it. And then there's others that are also watching that may be here as well in person. The only reason you're out is because of your choice. Nobody rang you off. Nobody told you to leave. Nobody told you. No, you chose to do this. You chose to go here. You chose to partake of this. You chose that, and you're in the mess that you're in. Even in the mess that you're in, you can go ahead because you know what Jesus did in your life. You know what Jesus is in your life. You know what it is to have the salvation in your life and live that life because you know that you have enough willpower to say, the same decision I made to leave, I've got to muster up the strength in me and make the decision to go back and seek God and say, forgive me. Here I am. Read the whole story. The Bible says that every day the father would look out. There's an expectation. And God will create circumstance to push you back to him. And you don't want to get to that point. But God will do it anyway. And it was that point that he was in the hog pen. Pushed him to come back. But the father was always with that expectation, looking. See if it's today. See if it's tomorrow. See when he's, is this the day that he's going to come back. Prove it. Not only did he go out, but he had already brought, bought an outfit for him. He bought him some shoes and had a ring. His expectation, he's going to come back. And I'm going to take all that old off from him and dress him anew. I close really with this. When they were celebrating the son coming back, remember, being lost has nothing to do with being in distance, but with relationship. When he comes back after he messed up his life, it was his brother. His brother that got upset. And this is what he says. Read it. He says, but yet this, your son. Okay, then whose sons are you? You're some I don't know. Because if he's my son and you're my son, you guys are brothers. Is, is there something I'm missing here? But this, your son, goes and squanders off everything and he gets mad. And you know, sometimes we can be the same way. Some person can be jacked up over and over again and comes back trying to get right with God. And we could be the first one to say, here he is again. Psh, again. Again, there they go, everybody around him, everybody applauding him. Oh, he come down. Oh, he's back. Come on, get whatever. I've been here all this time, 10 years. 
him do nothing like that for me, could it be because we're still lost? And there's no relationship? Could it be that that person is the sheep, the coin? We just weren't diligent enough and so it didn't concern us. The valley of one. How valuable are you? Enough for God to send his son and bleed him totally out for you and for me. Would you stand to your feet today? He's the God of the lost. I'm glad he found me. He came to seek to save that which was lost. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'm going to make two altar calls. The first one, are you that sheep? Are you that coin? Are you that younger son or even the older son? He is the God of the lost. For you, you think that he is the lost God. He's not. He knows where you are, where you've been. He knows you by name. And he wrote this whole chapter, made Luke write this whole chapter just to convey to you that's how important you are in one. I got 99. I'm not happy. I want the 100. I got 100. I'm not happy. I want 101. I'm not happy with 101. I want now 102. I'm not happy with 10 silver coins. I found the lost one. But there are more silver coins that we could rescue that have been in God's bank right here. And we, by negligence, we've lost them. It's like everyone for themselves instead of being our brother's keeper. And maybe you're like the prodigal sons. You're in, but you're lost. You're out by your choice. You're lost. But you have the same choice to give your life back to Jesus, to come back to him. And wherever you are, be the city church to look for you with determination, with urgency, with diligence until we found you and we hope that you're at another church serving God. Although I wish you were here at Vida City Church. But I'd rather know that you're serving God at another church than that you're lost without Christ.